morning as we begin our service, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who has been viewing at home and, and then have been plugging into our ministry and coming and visiting. It's been a blessing to have you. And uh, man, as God continues to use us to be a cross-cultural church that's impacting our city and helping people become all that God intended for them to be, I hope the family of grace will continue to bless your heart. It, if you have not visited us, visited us, or there's any way that we can be a blessing to you, I hope that you'll let us know. I hope this ministry will continue to give you the strength that you need for your life in the days ahead. If you have your Bible this morning, if you'll take it and turn with us to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, I hope that this message will help challenge you that you will become all that God has intended for you to be. If you have your Bible, if you'll take it and turn with us to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll find our place there in a very familiar passage of Scripture. I believe many of you have heard it before. It's a very familiar verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. Now all things have become new. The interesting part about that verse is it starts with a the word, therefore. And the reason that it's therefore is to go back and look at the previous verse. And verse 15, and it says, therefore, if one died for all, then all who now live should live for the one who died for all. That's the issue of lordship. You know, many times in the 18 years of ministry, I've been at the point of sharing my faith and inviting someone to receive Christ as their Savior, and all of a sudden, I, they would be ready to receive Christ as their Savior, and I would say, well, let's look at this verse. And they'd say, what does that mean? It means that when we receive Christ as our Savior, that He's not a demigod that we place on a shelf besides all the other gods, but He becomes the triune God of our life, the omnipotent God who is alive and well and wants to rule and reign in our hearts and lives. The interesting part about this passage of Scripture is it, it brings in new dynamics. Look with me, if you would, in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Therefore, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Look at the next verse, verse 18. Now, everything is from God who reconciled us to him, himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is this, that Christ, God was reconciling through Christ, that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore now we are an ambassador for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead, on Christ's behalf, to be reconciled to God. And he made the one who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteous sons of God. A new creation. You know, when we think about this, we're sharing the, the, the matter of fact, I was sharing the faith of Christ with Zoe and, and, and what it meant to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I thought about this because what verse 17 means is that therefore if any man be in Christ, his old has passed away and now all things have become new. What is God really trying to tell us? You know, one of the greatest pictures of this is if, if you've ever understood the process of a caterpillar. I remember my very earliest and fondest memories of caterpillars were at recess time. As a young boy, I don't think children have much recess anymore, but back in the day, we used to get recesses, and we got to go 
run off some steam and energy and play on the, the playground. And man, in a certain time of the year when there was an abundance of caterpillars, it was a boy's mission in life to gather up as many caterpillars as he could and to go find as many girls as he could. Like, really like to find them huddled up in a circle, you know, uh, playing hopscotch or ring around the rosy or something. And man, find him a double handful of caterpillars and run into their midst and open it up and watch them scatter like birds. Amen? That don't look super spiritual to me. Some of you are old enough to remember that. That was your mission in life. I can never remember as a young boy, a caterpillar, being an attractant to bring the girls where I was. You always had to bring the caterpillar to where the girls were, and the fun was watching the girls run. Some of you girls remember those torturous days. That was when kids used to get outside, and you had to find something to play with besides an Xbox, amen? And so that was our mission. We would get those caterpillars. And you know, girls always ran from caterpillars. Now, there was a few who was destined in life to be biologists or scientists or something like that. They wanted to cut into them and find out what it was all about. But the rest of them would just run away from it. And the thing about a caterpillar is this. Everything a caterpillar did was a struggle. I mean, have you ever watched a caterpillar try just to get by? I mean, just for a caterpillar to go the length of his own body, took every part of his body struggling to make that distance. His whole body would have to go through the maneuvers and the struggle. It was very toilsome. It was a burden for a caterpillar to even move. And then caterpillars being the unique animals that they were, I mean, everything about them was kind of wicked. I mean, the way they moved was kind of eerie. The way they looked was eerie. And, and, and the places they would be would be eerie. That's why girls would always run from the eerie creatures. And those caterpillars, I mean, they would, they would crawl on the ground. They would finally make their way to a root and from the root up the tree. And then they would hang out on the limb and begin to eat the leaves as such. They had an interesting diet. Matter of fact, uh, there is now uh, pesticides to get rid of creatures such as caterpillars. Because if you have a garden or a certain crop, a certain type of caterpillar, things could even begin to harm that. And they chew away at the, at the leaves and things. But what's interesting about it is that all of a sudden, one day, that same caterpillar with that same energy and struggle begins to go through the, the struggle of moving and, and going through all the burden and all the toils of going up the root, up the tree, finds himself a limb. And begins to hang out. And on that limb or that certain branch, the caterpillar begins to all of a sudden wrap himself in a thing called a cocoon. And after several days of hanging out in a cocoon, he finally decides he's going to burst out. And so all of a sudden he begins to gnaw his way and eat his way out of that cocoon. But when he comes out of that cocoon, he's a new creation. Now understand something today, church. The caterpillar is the same. The essence of the caterpillar is the same. But when he comes out of the cocoon, he is a new creation. Behold, all of his caterpillar ways has died. I mean, the same animal that once would put girls on the run now is a chick magnet. There's page after page after page on the Internet. How to build a butterfly garden. 
Because the same way the caterpillar would drive you crazy and you'd want to expel him, all of a sudden the butterfly begins to bring about good attributes and help to pollinate. It helps your flower. It helps everything around you. It begins to bring about a quality. I mean, have you ever stumbled across girls just looking at butterflies? Absolutely. You probably stumbled across grown men looking at butterflies. Why? Because everything about a butterfly is mind-boggling. It just floats so gracefully. Understand that before when the caterpillar would move, it would take every ounce of his body, every energy, exerting to just go that far. But now all of a sudden, the same creature just hovers about so gracefully. Its coat is a coat of many colors. Matter of fact, it's very intriguing. It's very, it, it's very breathtaking. As you just look at a, cat, a butterfly just floating around ever so gracefully and with such beauty and splendor. Matter of fact, people try to catch butterflies. They sell things called butterfly nets so that you can capture the butterflies. Everybody likes to just find a little butterfly. How many of you ever held a butterfly in your hand? Amen. The rest of you kids, if you get out of the house, you could. You got to get outside to find a butterfly. Amen. All you adults said. Amen. And so as you get out there, you find those butterflies, and they're very intriguing. But understand something, that it's the same essence. It's the same concept. It's the same creature. But I want you to know that if any caterpillar be in a cocoon, and he gnaws his way out of the cocoon, behold, he is a new creation, and all things have become new. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. Now listen, as we think about this, that's how it is with us. I want you to know it was life is very toilsome. Life is very burdensome. Life is overwhelming. Life is a struggle. Life is more than we can handle. Sometimes it takes every ounce of energy we have to put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes if life is really bad, all of a sudden you have to have a conversation with your feet to get them out of bed in the morning. Amen. Some of you have been there. When you get at wit's end corner, you're so depressed, you're so overwhelmed for your feet to hit the floor and take one step in front of the foot of the other. It is an effort on your part. I want you to understand that it was an effort on the part of Jesus. All of a sudden, he was hanging out in the garden, and they came to arrest him. As they came to arrest him in that garden, there he was in that garden of Gethsemane. They drug him down into Pilate's hall. They scourged him. They beat him. They ridiculed him. They flogged him. They lacerated his body. When he could hold up no longer, they drug him down a blood-sprinkled path called the Via Della Rosa. They placed a cross on his back, and it took every effort of energy he had to move forward. And finally, after his body was physically unable to go anymore, he collapsed under the weight of the cross. And there was a man there by the name of Simon who picked up the cross and they compelled him to carry the cross the rest of the way. But on the cross of Calvary, there on Golgotha, the place called the skull, they stood the cross up in the ground. After nailing his body on the cross, they erected him on the cross for all the world to see. I'm telling you today, 
Some of you may be offended that I would minimize the crucifixion of Jesus Christ to this, but the same way my brothers and sisters at that caterpillar struggled to make his way up a tree, lie down on a little branch, and wrap himself in a cocoon, and come out on the third day, I want you to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, went to the cross of Calvary, was hung up on a tree, turned his back to the cross, laid down his life, and wrapped him again in some swaddling clothes, he laid him inside a tomb but on the third day a king of kings and the lord of lords come up out of the heart of the earth out of the cocoon of the earth he was a new creation and he said you can be the same exact way therefore if any man be in the cocoon of the cross of Calvary he is a new creation behold all your struggles all your caterpillar ways you've died to them you've been set free a new creation brings about a new look a new look oh there's all kind of television shows about extreme makeovers I mean they make over houses they make over cars they make over antiques and for the love of all they try to make over some people I want you to know on the cross of Calvary was the extremest makeover that there ever was. I love what this verse says right here in 2 Corinthians. It says this, And now everything is from God and who reconciled us to him through Christ who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. I love what it says in some of the older translations. Actually, in the original language, it means imputing. I mean, you may not know what imputing means today. But a lot of you did this on Thursday evening and Friday, old Black Friday. You ran around saying, would you impute this to my account? It's an accounting word that means to charge, to reconcile, to bring about a balance. And I want you to know that on the, uh, listen, as we were scruffling through trying to find some deals on Black Friday, it was on that Black Friday over 2,000 years ago when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords laid down his life for you. And on the cross of Calvary, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, that he made him who knew no sin, a sinless sons of God, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. He made him who knew no sin to become sin, and I might become the righteous son of God. Do you understand what that's all about? It was a payment that I could not pay. There was a debt that, that I could not pay. There was a debt he did not owe. He paid the debt he did not owe so that I could escape the debt I could not pay. And he who the Son is set free might be free indeed. Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord this morning? Oh, today God's got an extreme purpose. God's got an extreme plan. As we have been in the waters of baptism today, that is an outward symbolism. It's an outward symbolism of your cocoon. We're not going to lay you on a branch, lie you on a branch and wrap you up. But I'm telling you that today, you young people, you stood there and to your family, your friends, and your peers, you preached your first message. My death, my burial, and my resurrection. And you come up a new creation in Christ Jesus. Understand it's an outward expression for an inward conversion. 
I want you to know baptism is not what saves you. Contrary to some theological opinions, if a baptistry could have saved you, then they would have nailed a baptistry to the cross of Calvary and they'd have never let the Lamb of God go to the cross. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I want you to know religion didn't die for you. I want you to know denominations didn't die for you. Your preacher didn't die for you. The Pope didn't die for you. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, laid down his life on the Calvary for you. And he said, I'll give you a new look. I'll give you a new lifestyle. A new look. A new lifestyle. Here's the problem, though. Do you want to know what's ridiculous looking? What is the most ridiculously looking thing in the world? If you could ever find a butterfly living like a caterpillar. I mean, all of a sudden, the butterfly has the ability to just float ever so gracefully around. But all of a sudden, he says, oh, man, you remember those good old days when it used to take every ounce of energy I had, every part of my body had to go through a, a constricting motion to move just that far? I'd love to be in those days again. And to see a caterpillar, I mean, to see a butterfly crawling around on the dirt, inching its way up the tree like a caterpillar. I'm telling you that when that caterpillar dies to his caterpillar ways and comes out a new creation as a butterfly, I want you to know he doesn't look the same. He doesn't get around the same. He doesn't hang out at the same places. He doesn't hang out with the same peers. I want you to know that he has a new lifestyle, a new look, a new plan of action, and a new diet. Amen. It's a whole new being. But I tell you what's silly. Is a butterfly living like a caterpillar. Two, there's three creatures that we can draw a parallel to in the Bible with the Christian life. A sheep, we looked at that last week. A butterfly in this passage of scripture. It's a great typology of what's happening here. And then the Bible compares the believer to the eagle. You know what's ridiculous? Is an eagle living in a chicken coop. An eagle hanging out with chickens. Now, why do you want to run with chickens when you can soar with eagles? You know what else is interesting? Is that a, a butterfly gets around ever so gracefully, graciously and just kind of hovers about. Do you know an eagle can do the same thing? Just kind of hover about. Right where it's, wherever it wants to be. Now, why do you want to run with the chickens when you can soar with the eagles? Why do you want to live like a caterpillar? When you can have the new nature and new look and new lifestyle of a butterfly. I don't have to start calling off pet sands and naming them off on a big screen saying, check this off, this is you. I mean, you're picking up what I'm putting down. You're an intelligent bunch of people. You know what God desires after you. One of the greatest detriments in our Western culture is that the church has been a bunch of caterpillar butterfly looking creatures that looks ridiculous and nobody wants to have anything to do with them because they have no power within inside themselves. Their ability has been minimized to their old nature. I want you to know today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus Christ did not go to the cross of Calvary for you to run around like a caterpillar the rest of your life. If you've been born again, if you've never been born again, he wants you to cast off the struggles of your past and embrace your future. That he who set you free, you may live like it. That he who begun a good work in you, according to Philippians 1, which you would let him complete it. Today, 
Not only do you receive a new look and a new lifestyle, but you receive a new life purpose. I love what this verse says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. All things have become new. And now look at this right here. In these, Look at what it says here. I mean, this is cool stuff. In verse 18, he's reconciled us to him. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the message of hope. And that God is appealing through us on Christ's behalf. That we reconcile other people to Christ. Now, boy, that's a challenging verse there, isn't it? I mean, let's look at that again. Therefore, we are an ambassador for Christ. Certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. And he made the one who knew no sin to become sin. That we might become the very righteous sons. Now, we can stop right here, and we can get hung up on the depth and the mystery of the Word of God. Or you can just take God at His Word and say, Lord, I believe that you want to give me a new life, that you want to give me a new look, that you want to give me a new lifestyle, and you want to give me a new life purpose. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what culture group you're in. I don't care what uh, economic group you're in or what racial group you're in or what country you may have been from here today. I want you to know this, that Jesus Christ has a purpose for your life. He did not create you to live in bondage. He did not create you to live your life in a complete toil. Now, I'm not telling you today that if you give your heart to Jesus, you'll never have another hard day. I'm not here telling you today that if you give your heart to Jesus, you'll get your wife back. I'm not here telling you you'll get your job back. I'm not here telling you that if you'll just name it and claim it, you can just go out and grab it and it'll all be in perspective. But I am telling you this, that if you will give your heart to Jesus Christ, I want you to know that it will be something happening in your life that is greater than anything that is happening around you because it's not about what's happening around you, but it's what's happening inside of you. And it'll be a well springing up inside of you. It'll make you want to leave everything around you and run to the mercy seat of God and I want you to know that when you go into the cocoon of the cross of Calvary Jesus Christ will give you a fresh start he will give you a new beginning and he will set you free today one of the reasons there's such a great decline in our denominations today at churches today, regardless, they're all in a downward spiral. Because too many butterflies are living like caterpillars. Therefore, if one died for all, then all who died should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them. Do you know what, you could summarize that verse in one word. Lordship. Now we don't hear a lot of preaching about lordship. We'll hear about giving. We'll hear about prosperity. We'll hear about health. 
we'll hear about positive thinking. There's not a lot of teaching about lordship. Why in the world would you go back to the past when you can't even begin to imagine your future? The Bible says, your eyes have not seen it, your ears have not heard it, and your mind has not comprehended that which God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Earlier, Gus said, Things are starting to get a little better at home. I admit they're not all that yet. One of the reasons for his confession was because I asked his mama point blank, has his new conversion transferred into the home life? See, when you're born again, if you don't take it home with you, you really ain't got nothing. Oh, you may have been baptized. You may have been religious, but you've not made it to being righteous. You know what that verse says? That he who knew no sin became sin, that you might become righteous. Not religious. God's not interested in your religion. He's interested in your relationship. Red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his sight. Red and yellow, pink and green. The meanest ones you ever see. They're all precious in his sight. I don't know where you came from this morning. But today, right where you are, God wants to begin anew. He wants to make you into a new creation. All you have to do is be willing to live for the one who paid your debt. The debt you couldn't pay. A debt he didn't know. Except the finished work of Calvary. He'll become Lord of your life. You know why all these young people that are here this morning received Christ as their Savior? Because somebody went and told them. Somebody went and found them where they were and said, Hey, I want you to know Jesus loves you. Beyond the sheep. Out there where men and women, boys and girls live and are hurting. Don't you settle to hang out with the chickens when you can soar with the eagles. As we've gone through this sermon this morning, I hope that the Holy Spirit has challenged you and, and that you're, you're arising to what God has in store for you. I hope that the message will help transfer you from a kingdom of complacency, a mindset of complacency, the being of a mindset of being all that God intended to be. If there's any way that we can be a blessing, please feel free to let us know.
Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 318-308-3754. Looking for childcare? Visit College Camp, located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318-484-2762. At FCA, we're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith, lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org.